Welcome to the Blood Brothers Podcast with Ben Steiger and Eric Metz. In today's episode, Ben will share with us about his recent trip and the impact it had on him when visiting another part of the world. So Ben, tell us what you've been up to and where you've been lately. My brother has been a missionary in Africa for, I think, going on 20 years or over 20 years. And uh, he's my younger brother. And uh, man, he, he has been offended that I have not come to visit him. And, you know, he started out in Chad, Africa, uh, you know, which is more central Africa, really. And at the time, it was a dangerous place to be. And just some incredible stories as a young man being hunted down at times, going through wars, civil wars at times, uh, incredible experiences, angelic experiences, uh, salvation experiences, just God's provision, just incredible. And Bobby's call came from a guy coming to uh, our chi- my childhood church years and years and years ago that was a missionary in Africa. And this guy just put it out there that uh, maybe God's speaking to you. Maybe God's calling some of you guys to come be missionaries in Africa. And Bobby went. God said, who will I send? And Bobby said, I will, I will go. And man, it has not been an easy road for him. And he is now married to Sarah, his beautiful wife, and she is a co-laborer in the ministry uh, with him, both of them equally yoked and called to minister to the people of Senegal, Africa. And they have five children, just incredible. And man, the reason I want to share this is because when you get around this couple, they just exude the love of Christ. It doesn't matter if it's in Africa or if it's here at home. Man, my brother is such a servant. And it kind of came full circle seeing him in his element, just how powerful uh, his testimony is. And this testimony is not all these crazy stories, although that's part of it. Man, his testimony is who he is and how he lives his life. He's a big dude. And he will cram himself into the back seat of a little car and demand that it doesn't matter who it is, takes the front seat or takes the seat in front of him. And that's just the kind of heart that this dude has. And so I was able to uh, take Mila and our youngest son, Heath, on this trip. And gosh, you know, we went, yes, with the mentality of we want to be an encouragement uh, to Bobby and to Sarah, because it's hard. It's hard living in a foreign land, in a foreign language, in a foreign culture, apart from your family, apart from the things that, you know, even though he's been there 20 years, this is still home. This is still where his hobbies are, his passion is, his people are. And yes, he has people there and he has passions there and he has hobbies there, but it's just different. And, and it's hard to be focused and just continue continually devoted. And so we wanted to go over and just be an encouragement to him and to Sarah and to the kids. And man, did we just get blessed beyond our imagination in return. But Eric, have you been to uh, a foreign country doing, I mean, whether visiting or mission work or anything like that? Well, actually I have. I've been to Jamaica in college, which was a cross-cultural experience. You had to you had to do one before you graduated, and I'm really thankful for it. The focus was on social work. And so it wasn't yeah. just a tourist trip to Jamaica, because obviously those 
areas can be almost sectioned off to where you can really not even interact with hardly anything of the country and just be on the, the resorts or whatever. But we right. stayed at a resort for like one day, but the rest of the time we spent, we stayed at a convent. There's cockroaches going everywhere. So again, things like that. It was like, whoa, like this is a, if we're in a different world, like this is not the same. We're not in Kansas anymore. And, uh, <laughs> right. and we would drive by the shacks and the metal sheet homes that these people are trying to right. create. And we also were digging a foundation for this one building to help. And it was just a great experience to see a different part of the world that they are living so differently than we are in America. I feel like we live in a bubble and yeah. it's just such a more rough experience, a more cumbersome, a more challenging, and just seeing how they are trying to work through social work to get people out of a poverty mentality, to get people out of you know drugs and and everything that that way to improve their communities and and it didn't have a Christian focus to it, but it definitely was a a love for their fellow Jamaicans that yeah. drove these people to try to figure out how do we minister to our fellow Jamaicans to really unlock people's potential, unlock yeah. and free them from bondage of drugs and sex and alcohol and, and all the different things that that they find their country, you know, in bondage to. And that really opened my eyes to America is a different place and other parts of the world are are struggling. So I've been to multiple third world countries. I've experienced hardship at a level that, that I have never even tasted, you know, here in the States. And there were similarities there in Senegal and there were things that were different. Uh, but I'll tell you the overwhelming thing that was different was the faith of the men and women that they have in Allah. Islam, you know, the, the Muslim faith is the dominant culture in that land. And there's just a little bit of Catholicism that is in his city and in different reaches that he's pouring into, but very much so it is a Muslim culture. And they speak, you know, the native tongue there is Wolof. The common tongue oftentimes is is French now because the French colonized them and they will speak Wolof as much as possible because, you know, they kind of look at the French as, man, those people colonized us and we don't like them. And so they look at white people, you know, just assuming that they're French and uh, there's a disdain. So this Muslim culture, Bobby's trying to, to permeate, you know, with the love of Christ. And the number one way that he has found to do that is through relationship. And in order for him to be relational with these people, he needed to get on their level. You know, so he speaks partial Arabic. He speaks Wolof. He speaks French. And it's incredible. And he did all of that to be able to love these people and share the love of Christ. All right. So not only did he pick up his family, he put himself, you know, in a position where, you know, he sacrificed his, his homeland uh, to go to a foreign ministry field. But man, he dedicated his life to knowing these people. And man, I tell you what, watching that dude interact was so inspiring. And so I talked about how, you know, they look at white people, you know, kind of with disdain and they'll try to take advantage of every white person, you know, they can. And, you know, just like any third world country, there's a lot of corruption. And so as we were driving to, you know, a city where, 
there's a small church forming. We were pulled over three or four times. You know, police sit on the side of the road and they, they look at you and they say, get over. And, you know, Bobby and Sarah's prayer is always that they get places without getting pulled over and no big deal. And something could blow up into a really big deal. But man, watching Bobby interact with these dude, he'd pull over, roll down his window. Police guy would be there and he looks at them and Bobby rolls down the window with a big smile, says, Salam Aleikum, which is a, a Wolof greeting. And it's actually Arabic. And uh, they say Aleikum Salam back. And you can see their eyes, though, when they're greeted in, in, in a, a native tongue that they would use. And all of a sudden they're taken aback. And then they go back and forth and they realize, wait a second, this dude doesn't just know a couple of words in our native tongue, but he knows our language. And then before long, they're laughing and they're smiling and they're exchanging names and phone numbers. And then these people are inviting Bobby and his family over for dinner, over for lunches and religious celebrations. And I just saw it over and over and over again where Bobby's... You know, just just the Holy Spirit just speaking through Bobby. But it was through decisions that Bobby made to say, use me, God, and I'm going to put in the work. And Sarah, his wife, doing the same. And so here's the deal, Eric. This is what I want to get into our listeners' head and into our head. Bobby has so many friends over there, and most of them are Muslims. Some of them have two wives, three wives, four wives. I sit down for a meal where we're all eating out of this bowl or eating bread or whatever. And they talk about, uh, yeah, I have two wives. How many wives do you have? This is being translated, you know, to me. And uh, I say, well, I got the only wife that I need. God gave me uh, exactly what I needed in the one. But, uh, you know, there's this pride in this. And you got to recognize that in the Islamic faith, the Quran teaches that if you are not part of that faith that that you you're an infidel all right you're an infidel and they shouldn't have anything to do and they're they're enemies to the faith but yet i could see it and i heard it these people would justify bobby being in their life and they'd say oh it's all the same god it's all the same god and i would hear bobby you know i couldn't understand what he was saying but he was trying to say no there's one god uh, and it's Jesus. And like, now there's one God, but they were justifying their interaction with them because they experienced the Holy Spirit through Bobby, through the love that Bobby shows these people, that Sarah shows these people. And man, it was powerful. They would ask them to pray over their fields, to pray over their homes. And they know that we're praying to Jesus, that Bobby's praying to Jesus like I was there. They wanted me to pray. So many incredible stories of God answering those prayers, you know, where farmers' fields wouldn't grow. But the one field that Bobby prayed for produced ridiculous amounts of food. And so little by little, the testimony of Jesus Christ is being lived out by Bobby and Sarah and a few, a few other believers. So there's this lady there that's one of their really good friends. I'm not going to say names, but years and years ago, there were missionaries to this, to this city. At the time, it was a small city and uh, they were engaging this lady. And this lady's father was an imam. An imam is, is a re- Islamic leader. And she grew up and she got married. And I don't know if she was one wife or one of many wives, but she kept having these conversations with these missionaries. And a couple nights in a row, Jesus came to her in a dream. 
and say, it'll be okay, follow me. I, I don't know the exact words or how, but that was the gist of it as she shared this story to us. And she said, I can't deny it. I got to do it, even no matter what it's going to cost me. Dude, she lost all of her teeth. She was beaten. She was thrown out. She was rejected. Her kids were taken away from her. And she still followed Jesus. And so here she is starting this church in the city, great friends with Bobby and Sarah. And Bobby and Sarah are partnering with her, and she's now a missionary there. And her son left her husband years ago and came with her, has given his life to Christ. And there's one other lady. All right, there's three believers from this tribe, from this village, from this city, now this community of thousands. And there's only one man. And man, he gets my prayers every day. They get all my prayers every day. But dude, these people standing up and having to truly pay a price for their faith to experience true freedom, fulfillment, and purpose found in Christ. And then here are we, you know, back home in the States where we are free to choose. We are free to worship. We are free to go here and to go there. And we take it for granted. So I went into Africa, taking part in a 21-day fast with our church. And man, I was in a dry place spiritually. I wasn't disconnected, but I just wasn't as connected. Like, Father, man, I want to be in that sweet place. And I, I don't feel like I'm in that sweet place. I know I'm not in that sweet place. And as I pushed through the fast and then went to Africa, it was just just my prayer. And we were out in this field. My brother bought some property out there. And one of the things he wants to do is be able to demonstrate how God intended the land to work. People go and they cut down all the trees, they cut down all the growth, and they rob it of all the nutrition, all the ability for it to hold moisture, and then it's of no value. And Bobby wants his property to be a light to the community, a light of God's intention for what could be and what should be. And we're walking around this property and, dude, uh, gosh, I was just taken aback as Bobby's talking to these different farmers and these different people and he's praying with them. They're asking for his prayers and seeing just the Holy Spirit work through him. And... uh, You know, it was at that moment where I kind of separated from them and we were walking back to the property we were staying on. And uh, that song came to me, cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. And uh, I found myself walking across that field. Pull myself together here. I found myself walking across the field just uh, singing that song. And just felt the Holy Spirit sit on me. You know, I, like I had his presence. Like I, I know I had his presence, but I guess there were just some walls, you know, that I had erected that were not allowing me to to commune with the Father the way I know I could and should. And it was in that moment that God just relit a fire in me to love those around me. It's so easy for me to get comfortable 
for me to take the front seat and think, ah, he's more flexible or he's younger or she, you know, whatever they can get in the back seat. You know, that's a, that's a silly scenario, but yet it reflects every element of my heart. I'm so selfish at times, you know, where I put myself first instead of, you know, being the servant that Christ has called me to be. And so, uh, you know, that was the, that was what me and Myla and Heath all received, you know, from this was the testimony of Bobby and Sarah and their children. And then the testimony of these few believers spoke so deeply to me and to, to my heart that, dude, I can't stay the same. If I do, it would be downright sinful. I have got to change, you know? And so, what does that look like for me? Because I know that listeners go through, you know, these experiences where the father speaks something so clear and then they have a choice. And, uh, man, I have a choice. And so I was convicted of how I use my time and my resources, of how I become a consumer in different ways where I get comfortable, you know, whether uh, it's things that I've allowed in my life as far as entertainment or what I think or what I eat or what I do, where I go, why I go, why I do, you know, all those different things. And yes, I've always had a heart for the Lord and a love for others. But man, God revealed to me that, that I've gotten a little bit comfortable and that it's not okay. And uh, so, man, tonight is the launch of the Everyman Challenge Guide Training. And what has become clear to me, what is paramount for us as an organization is to come alongside our leaders and to love them well and to help them walk with Christ the best that they possibly can. And in turn, they can help others, you know, do the same. And that's discipleship. Following Jesus and those who are doing it better than you are, and then teaching others to do the same. And that's what Bobby was doing through relationships in Africa. I said, Bobby, why don't you just share the gospel? Like, why? He's like, they won't hear the gospel. They have to see the gospel. And I think so often we want to share the gospel. We want to tell people what to do, and we don't want to show them. And that's where God convicted me. Show them, then. Show them. You will know them by their love is a great verse and a great reminder, but we mess the word love up so much in our culture that we miss the work, the selflessness, the struggle that truly loving people is. And, and I just, I appreciate you sharing all that. It's really convicting me right now of what am I doing? Not just saying, but what am I doing in action to yeah. the people I work with, to, the, to my family, to neighbors, to being proactive about stepping out and to Bobby's point, showing them love, showing them the gospel, showing them Jesus by what yeah. I do more so than, hey, you need to accept Christ. And which again, don't take anything of that away because that we do right. need to communicate the gospel as well. Absolutely. But what am I doing to demonstrate the gospel first? As simple as letting them have the front seat or as simple as smiling and opening a door, but all those little acts of kindness and love are bridges to introducing people to the Lord from a very mm, tangible yeah. way. Yeah. And that's convicting. I appreciate you sharing that. And that's really good. I didn't go on this trip, but just seeing your face and how the Lord working oh, you is, 
has got me st- got me stirred up to do something, make some changes, mm-hmm. not sit where I'm at currently in my nice little warm, cushy home, but to get out and and do what needs to be done and volunteer at you know what comes to mind right now is the pack where they put a bunch of lunches together for people overseas what am i doing to volunteer my time and energy to put these meals together for people that are hungry just to show them god loves them and is enough to provide for their food you know things like that in my local community i don't have to fly overseas necessarily to to start doing something about it Yeah, that's good, man. And, you know, the reality is, is that, yes, we all need to do something, but we need to look first inside of our home. If we're married with our spouse, if we have kids, and then inside of our world, you know, how we interact with who we work, how we interact with somebody at the gas station, somebody at the market, you know, so Bobby knew no strangers there. People would run up to him. And these are all Muslims. They would run up to him, Bob, and they'd give him hugs and they would go back and forth. And, you know, Bobby was living on mission. He went places specifically because he was building relationships, you know. So, yes, we can volunteer you know, at different places and, you know, maybe some of us should. But I think the greater thing is, is to manifest the love of Christ in everything we do with everybody we come in contact with. And we create opportunities. For that happen. We don't just sit and wait, oh, but we good. go and we create, we be doers of the word. Man, I am so excited for Bobby and Sarah. And I ask you guys, listeners, to and pray for them that their faith yeah. would be encouraged. It's a hard, yeah. it's a hard job with little, little fruit. You know, we like to see fruit of our labor and they see, you know, people's lives tweaked, you know, and people experience the love of God, but not the fruit of salvation, but they're plowing and they're planting. And, uh, man, I'm praying for just a significant harvest for the kingdom and that uh, God's love would just uh, permeate uh, their communities. And uh, there would be a a revolution of love in the name of Jesus there. And I would love it if uh, our listeners would, would join me in praying for them. Well, it just shows the transformative power of just loving people. And yeah. yeah, they may not always see salvations left and right, but they definitely see impact. And as they learn about Bobby's God, they will be like, hmm, there's something different about Bobby's God. Like, why why is this so different and attractive? Just like you said, some people were would just run up to him or, you know, engage with him or justify being around him because they feel the Holy Spirit and his love. And it's like yeah. that transformative love that the Lord can bring and, and fill us with shows the impact and life change that you can have in this world. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a formal volunteer, but it can definitely be a day-to-day, moment-to-moment, walk by the Spirit. You know, And that's Paul's call to us is to walk by his Spirit. And what's the Spirit telling you today? What's the Spirit telling you in this moment to go and do? And for me, it's really loving all my family right now, like you said initially, and then what does today bring and how can I transform people from the inside out by just showing them and demonstrating love? Hey man, last, last thing for me, I would encourage every believer at some point sooner than later, put themselves in a different world. Consider a mission trip to a third world country. You know, many churches, many organizations offer these trips. Uh, None of them are perfectly safe, but most of them are secure enough. But man, it's incredible how God can speak when we put ourselves in a position to see things from a different perspective. 
and how God will just rock our world. And every time I step out of my comfort zone and put myself in a foreign land, God has a way of penetrating my heart in a way that he, he doesn't do here. Or he doesn't do in the, the wildness uh, that I normally find myself in. That's good. Well, thanks, Ben. That, that wraps us up for today. If you'd like to connect with the Blood Brother Ministry at all in our show notes, you can check out our website, Instagram, Facebook. We've also got the Blood Brothers Everyman Challenge coming up this summer, so we can learn more about that on our website. Also, we encourage you to follow or subscribe to our show, so if you don't miss anything, especially when episodes drop every first and third Thursday of the month. Also, we encourage you to share this show with someone who may need encouragement or challenge you. This podcast can actually be a really easy tool for you to influence and encourage other people in their walk with the Lord. So share it with somebody and pass it along, and, and that can be a discipleship tool as well. And lastly, just take a minute to rate or review our podcast. It helps us get the word out. And with that, thanks again for listening and have a great day. Thanks.